Lovely gal. Everybody ready? Yes. Amazing. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Generation, the podcast, the audio companion to the HBO Max original series, Generation. I'm Gigi Good, a drag queen with an extremely weak <laughs> immune system. Oh, Gigi. And I'm Wembley Sewell, editor-in-chief of Them. Gigi, it's always such a pleasure to be here with you. You look fabulous. I know that y'all at home can't see Gigi, but stunning, stunning looks all around all the time. Oh, thanks. Oh, stop. I am so excited to talk about episode 11 with Generation creator Zelda Barnes and the iconic, legendary, oh, I'm oh so excited, <laughs> Nava Mao, who is extremely talented, hilarious, and brings to life Greta's amazing Tia Anna. Y'all are so sweet. <laughs> Look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I can't control it. <laughs> oh, my God. Before we get into the, the intros, uh, where we'll just continue to sing your, your praises, let's start by talking about episode 11, which is absolute zero. Gigi, what was the episode about for you? Well, a lot of emotions, a lot of moments. It begins with Riley's absolute wrath. And things kind of only begin to look up when Anna actually gets her job interview at the iconic diner Hamburger Mary's, which if y'all out there listening have not heard of Hamburger Mary's, it's kind of like the gay bar for straight people. You know what I mean? Like that's where all the straight people go if they want to go to a gay bar. Um, <laughs> it's it's fun nonetheless. One of my first bookings here at LA was at the Hamburger Mary's. Legendary. Legendary. Regardless, when she goes to thank Anna for getting her the job, she sets off one of the most simultaneously awkward and joyful dinners of all time. And then obviously there has to be a, a sweet and spontaneous romantic hookup. So Wembley, what was your favorite part of this crazy little episode? Despite all that's going on, this episode is one of my favorites. I think that you get to see every character kind of shine in a way that's in my mind really beautiful, even though everyone is going through the most, I would, I would argue. And obviously the dinner scene is palpably uncomfortable. I think my favorite thing about it actually is seeing the relationship between Anna and, and Riley really blossom. Shall we get into it with our lovely, lovely guest today? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, welcome back to the program. Zelda, as always, a pleasure to have you. Hi, excited to be here. And we're also very, very lucky to be here with Nava Mao, who portrays Anna, who I have been lucky enough to meet, who I just am absolutely in love with. I know. I I was so happy that we got to meet. I think it's safe to say that Anna has been one of our favorite absolute favorite characters in the series and yes i think in this episode it's really it's really the one where we get to know her better it's been up to this point a little bit of a of a slower reveal because obviously nava your character has been this kind of caretaker figure but i think we get to like see her life and ultimately her desires in this episode a little bit more let's actually play a clip of one of those little reveals <laughs> this is really so nice of you. Well, you're cool. And maybe a little fucked up and kind of subversive, which is my fantasy of who I wish I had been as a teen. But Greta cares about you. I, uh, I also, I care about her, too. 
My heart, my heart. So I know I was alluding to this a little bit earlier, like we're getting, we're getting to see Anna and Riley become even more close uh, and seeing that Anna wishes she had been like Riley as a teen, I think it, it kind of just like drives at home. But from your from your perspective, Nava, what do you think this says about Anna? And then from there, like how do you relate to Anna as a character? I mean, I, I do think that Anna wishes that she could have been a cool girl because that's how she sees Riley, even if that's not how Riley sees herself. Anna had a tough time growing up and still in her day-to-day living in a conservative environment as a translatina immigrant woman whose family rejected her. So she didn't have the the leisure and the and the freedom to really develop uh, kind of herself into like a cool girl at school. Like she was she was going through some things. And so I think that it's really exciting for Anna to see these kids get to maybe have a little more leisure and a little more freedom to explore Mm. themselves and their identities and their relationships. And so she just really wants to support them in that. Mm. And and I think that this episode did start to kind of showcase a little bit more the ways that Anna also, I think, likes to live through them a little Mm. bit. Vicariously. Um, Yes, yes. And I definitely relate to that in some respects, I did not transition and, and start identifying myself as a woman until I was 23. And so there's just kind of like a part of youth that I did not experience in alignment with my own identity. I do really appreciate those kinds of scenes between, between Anna and Riley and Anna and Greta. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's really beautiful and, and something in general I see so much is is people loving this, I think, more recent opportunity to watch, you know, young people really flourish and claim their identity in a way that I think previous generations didn't necessarily get to do so soon. Not ever, obviously, of course, but so soon. Um, so to see that kind of being explored in the series, I think, is is great and, and, and so powerful and so profound to have that kind of intergenerational support that is, I think, so, so crucial and essential for so many queer people. So it, I, I love watching that dynamic play out. It's so, so special. Yeah, it's fun to watch your character kind of teeter the line between friend and caretaker and mentor as opposed to, you know, that very defined line between it seems like everybody else and their family members and, you know, who they were raised by and raised with. So it's so amazing to see you play this amazing caretaker, just being who you are and, and you know, where you've come from. And, you know, you can see that through the character, even though Anna is not seen as super serious by Sela, she really does an amazing job taking care of not just Greta, but all the girls, um, all the friends, <laughs> and um, just this whole group of kids just kind of really looks up to her. And it's it's really fun to watch. But in real life, you have been an amazing advocate for kids and survivors of abuse. So tell us about how this whole part of your life influences your role and how you ended up, I guess, essentially acting on this show. I mean, it's, I think, sometimes hard to explain that I like have been acting since I was a child on and off, but 
also pursued other passions and and that acting was not a, a path that really was available to me professionally until, you know, the past five or six years after the transgender tipping point. So yeah, I kind of lived a, another life and I was I was very involved in community oriented work. So I worked with survivors of violence as a counselor for um, three years. And so I, I really cherished the opportunity to work with people one-on-one and in groups and do healing work to see people overcome some of the the most difficult things that you could imagine and to to witness the triumph of that. And so I, I carry with me still that spirit and that resilience of of choosing to survive and thrive in a world that does not want you to. So getting to play Anna, I really brought that with me. She is not, you know, a professional counselor, but I think that she really plays that role for for several of these kids. And I always try to look for opportunities to kind of blend the worlds that I've been a part of and the experiences that I've had. So I really think that it was magic that this character was was a chance for me to to get to act on this level, but also that the character herself is is a counselor in some ways, which is is who I used to be as well. So it is a little just a little bit of magic, I think. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you just you bring so much light and life to this show, not only your character, but to this entire show. It's just like every time you come on screen, I'm like, yes, thank God. <laughs> Yeah, I think I mean, there's something so um, just inherently magnetic and intensely like just immediate empathy that just radiates. It's something that I can't extract necessarily from Anna, you know, like that's that's just immediately how she reads to me. And I think that so many of your life experiences obviously come with you to the door. And, And this might be, you know, an interesting kind of segue, but I think. One of the themes, obviously, that has been at play, especially with your character, Nava, is this idea of motherhood and definitions of motherhood and what the essence of that ultimately translates to. Because I think more and more we're kind of like getting rid of traditional ideas of of what that means. And I think it boils down to an energy um, and a spirit. And I would love for both you and Zelda to kind of unpack this idea of like what kind of mothering you wanted Anna to exemplify and, and how mm. you were kind of retooling that idea. Because I think it's so, so necessary, especially now. Personally, I mean, I'm thinking of that TikTok. I know that's so dumb, but like that TikTok, like, bitch, I'm a mother. Like, you know, but <laughs> but like on the real, on the real, like, you know, there's so many different things like, that mothering ultimately means. And yeah, I just would love your perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that for Anna becoming a sort of mother to this group of kids is like so important to her. And I think that she's such a cool role model and like caretaker for all of them, because if any of them were ever in trouble and needed help, they could call her and she wouldn't lecture them. She would just kind of be there to protect them and help them and give them whatever they needed. And I think that her home is like a really safe space for them because of that. And I think a lot of them do have kind of over controlling parents like Nathan or parents who are super absent like Riley. And I think that Anna's kind of this 
perfect parent in their eyes because she's sort of like, I will take care of you and make sure you're okay and you can talk to me about anything and I won't judge you and this is like a safe space for you. And I think that a lot of these kids like really, really need that. And so, yeah, I think she's just very important to them and they're all very important to her. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that a lot of kids in general, but especially several of the characters on the show have had parental figures who are, their approach is to castigate, right? Or to correct behavior or choices. And that's just not really how Anna does it, you know? Anna's approach is more about creating openings. So it's kind of instead of like pushing back, she pushes forward. She opens the doors. Yeah, yeah. And it's not to say that she doesn't have an opinion or that she, you know. Which is usually right. Yeah. <laughs> I Yes, I believe that Anna's always right because she is somebody who's had a lot of people push back on her. I think she just intuitively knows that ultimately that, does not actually work. <laughs> yeah, also, I think that Anna really wants all of these kids to be the best possible versions of themselves. And I think with teenagers, sometimes, I mean, like I know in my teenage experience, sometimes things all feel so complicated and dramatic that you kind of get into the gossip and you're not always the best version of yourself. And I think that Anna really wants these kids to kind of be the people she knows they can be. And I think that sometimes that does involve kind of calling them on their shit a little bit. With Greta especially, I do think we see that a lot. I think we we see that Anna knows how amazing Greta is and she wants her to be that best version all the time. And I think that when Greta messes up, Anna can be not hard on her, but trying to kind of guide her back to that place of like maturity. We're talking about episode 11 of the HBO Max series Generation, and we're going to get into a lot more after a quick break. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're talking to Generation creators Zelda Barnes and Nava Mao, who stars as Anna. I guess kind of like taking a quick turn to something I really want to talk about in regards to your character, which is the style and the makeup and the hair (laughs) and the glamour. Um, Because first of all, I I have seen one of the outfits that nobody's seen yet, and it is really major. (laughs) And um, but also like throughout this whole series, like she has been the one that has been made up from head to toe. And she's even like in one of the very first, it might even be the first episode. She's like helping Greta decide what she's wearing. And she's like, no, you don't want to wear that. Like wear this. And I I just want to know how much of that was your influence. Cause I know, I know a bitch can dress. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I actually, a lot of times I really do need help figuring out what to wear. Cause I know how to dress, you know, for the club kind of like I can, yes. you know, <laughs> and I know how to dress for the home. Um, but um well, what, what more that, do you need? I, <laughs> um, I kind of, I actually style is not really one of my strong suits and I don't know how to do my hair and I only really know how to do like one face of makeup. So it really, well, you can carry it. I, <laughs> 
Um, well, thank you. Um, I, yeah, so that was something that was very new for me. Like I had never had a full beat on my face. I had never had work. Um, heat in my hair. I had never worn false <gasps> eyelashes. I had never, so many things. I just, I have never like done any of these things that Anna does. Um, and Gasp. so it was so exciting. Um, <laughs> and I really give all the glory to Shirley Carada and her team. Right. Um, the, oh, the costume her name designer. has come up several times. She, I mean, she, it was just the fittings were honestly like some of my favorite days of work on this series. Like I, I would just look forward to them and, and it was just so much fun figuring out what would Anna wear and, and kind of, it, it really did help me transform into the character. So Anna, first of all, she just loves to have fun. So she, like, why would she not dress with bright colors and accentuating every curve? <laughs> um, <Yes. laughs> but I think it, it also is, again, like she has this intuitive knowledge and this intuitive wisdom to know that mm-hmm. like, she has to resist and she has to assert her own presence in, in her world. And so I think that the fashion is, is a huge part of that. Do you find that since doing this show, you've like found some more interest in it or you've like found yourself <laughs> playing with your hair more, Pivot putting to on model. a false eyelash? <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, I just, I don't know. I've tried and, and actually like, some of the hairstylists like after we wrapped a couple episodes they were like giving me lessons it was very like there was like some trans things too that was like oh this is so sweet because I just (laughs) no one ever taught me growing up like Mm -hmm. how to do hair or makeup or anything so I don't know I'm just I'm very low key honestly I like to dress up because I like to perform and I like to play characters but I, in my day to day, I really just want my hair to be down and I want no makeup on and I just want to wear like a sweater or Girl, a flowy well, buckle dress. Yeah. up because I, like, <laughs> I feel like you're about to be on all the magazines. Everyone's going to want to paint no. you and yank you. And we're gonna <laughs> oh, go. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm ready. Hit me up. I don't know. Truly. We'll see. We'll see. Please, please, please. please. Shall we get into this this dinner scene? Because we're talking about a lot of different kind of drama. On the one hand, I think we should get into an entirely different kind of drama. A little a little tiny bird at, at HBO told us that Daniel was actually inspired by Pedro Amoldovar's Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which <laughs> iconic, <laughs> iconic cinema. Honestly, uh, this episode was so much fun to make. And I was thrilled to hear that the Almodovar references were were from the inception of it into the execution of it. I remember we had this rehearsal with the the director, Andrew Ahn, and the cinematographer for that um, episode, Laura. It was just so cool to see them talking about how they were going to make the episode feel Almodovar-esque. And I... And and it helped with performance. It kind of helped to know what tone to strike. And I think it also kind of honed the comedy a little bit. And I, I felt like it freed me up a little bit to, to play more. And yeah, I just loved getting to act with so many people in a scene too. I could feel it. Because the drama! 
<laughs> um, but but the comedy too. Um, yeah, it was just I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than it was so much fun to make that episode. It was also so not what I was expecting this dinner to be at all. Like in just in regards to, you know, Greta's mother being home, I was like, oh no, this is just gonna be I was the dreading train wreck it. of the century. Yeah, I was like, oh dreading God, it's it. gonna be so strict. So like she's gonna suck yes. all the air out of the room, you know? And that was not the case at all. It was like honestly like a little bit refreshing after we've been on the edge of our seats. It was a good like oh, thank God her mom is not crazy. Like, she's nice, she can chill, she can hang. We'll see what happens when uh, everything comes to fruition. But aside from this whole lovely party scene, which was a lot of fun, this episode also really dives into the mental health treatment and a lot of different perspectives on mental health treatment. And uh, one of those things is, as we see Riley go through her internal struggle throughout the past few episodes, we finally get these like conversations with her and Sam, the the school guidance counselor, where he is encouraging her to go to therapy and talk to someone about this because he had been through it. He knows people who had been through it. And ultimately, I mean, I go to therapy. Thank God for therapy. Like, even if you don't think you need therapy, go see a therapist. You'd be surprised what they're going to pull out of you. But Riley just is completely dismissing it. But it is important that this whole show is talking about that kind of push and pull about whether or not she's going to because it's such a real thing you know i think that when a lot of other shows are talking about it it's quite often just a yes or a no and they don't really go into the the teenage psyche of it all the teenage that's like well if i if i go see someone to get help that means there's something wrong with me which is a tough thing to struggle with but at the end of this episode, Anna kind of makes Riley an offer. So I want to I want to play this clip really quick. I hated life when I was your age, and living at home made me hate it harder. And sometime I'll tell you the story about someone who offered me a room when I had nowhere else to go, and it kind of changed everything for me. So if you ever get to that place and you need that room. And it's okay with your parents. That's very sweet of you. Um, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I... But sometimes you just really need that room. So this is, like, one of the first moments that Riley's gotten from someone that isn't just a, you need help. It's more of just an invitation to some open arms. The space is you know, Because yeah. I think the space is open, and... It's a pretty damn good space to be invited to, might I add. But Nava, with your background in this kind of community-based mental health world and and resources around that, I want to know, how did you then take this this trope and use what you know to really bring it? Obviously, at at the base, we know that Anna is a a very giving and and caring person, and it's just in her nature to, to offer that. And in my performance, I also had to think about, well, how does that serve Anna's ego? And so I did think about the fact that she maybe really likes to feel needed. I'm just thinking about that song, the Ariana Grande song. Tell me how good it feels to be needed. (laughs) Um, Yes. Yes. Play clip for $1 million. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, I think that Anna really does like to feel needed. There's 
always that a little bit in, in the way that she offers help to the kids. But I think that she also knew and, and I know <laughs> that you have to make an offer to people. You can't make a demand. Yeah. And so Riley now has this open offer. And so then she gets to make a decision and she gets mm-hmm. to have agency over her, her, her own path. This is also for Riley, I think, like the very first moment that an adult has actually offered her what she needs. Because I think I think you could definitely yeah. argue that Riley could use therapy. I think that would probably be good for her. But Sam telling her, see a therapist, isn't helpful to her in that moment. It's not what she wants to hear. It's not what she feels like no. she needs. Yeah. And that has to be kind of her decision to move forward in that way. And also, I think that... Riley's in a situation where it would be very difficult for her to tell her parents, like, I want to see a therapist. Like, I don't feel like she would feel comfortable telling her parents. I don't know that her parents would look into that and help her get a therapist. I think her parents would probably be like, you're fine. She's in this situation where what she really needs is somebody who's looking out for her. And Anna just kind of lets her know, like, I'm looking out for you. If home isn't a good place for you right now, like, you have a home with me if you need it. And I think that she doesn't really, Riley's so, like, overwhelmed. She doesn't really know how to respond because that is actually what she wants and needs. Um... And I think that it's, yeah, it's like finally, and it's very surprising to her. I think she's very caught off guard because no other time has an adult actually said to her, like, I can help you. I'm here if you need me, like just in a kind of, I feel like all the adults in her life actually just end up taking it, taking up space, you know, rather than absolutely space. So that's, I just Mm -hmm. think it was a really beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful moment. Um, But even though there's obviously some really hard topics to like get through, like, this episode also had a lot of really sweet reveals, you know, like the good, the really heartwarming family stuff. We talked about the dancing, the joy, but we also like get a really nice moment with Chester's, you know, Nona playing cards, which was so, so sweet, especially, you know, given all the jokes Chester's making, I can't even repeat because I just think it's so sad, but you know, like that was a really, really like a sweet moment that I think a lot of people were waiting for. And Chester telling the story about his mom, which, you know, reveals, you know, so much about his character fundamentally and his style and his approach to himself. From both of your vantage points, like, what do you think this episode is saying holistically about vulnerability? First of all, the Chester scene with Nona in this episode is my favorite scene. I just, I love it. And I watched it back a few times and it's just beautiful. Anna has definitely like (laughs) figured out that Greta does not like to be vulnerable. And it's very frustrating (laughs) because Anna is there to talk and she tries to get her to open up and then Greta will shut her out. And sometimes it'll even like cause a conflict. So it's interesting that for Anna, now she's seeing, oh, well, like Riley's kind of the same way too. Like, what is it? Like, this is, you know, I think to some extent, maybe Anna thought that it was just Greta because that's the teen that she has in her life. But now that she's seeing these other teens, it's like, oh, wow, actually, it's maybe. This age. Yeah, maybe vulnerability is just like a huge issue for for people this age. And so I have found the best way to make somebody feel safe to be vulnerable is is to you know, be vulnerable yourself. Anna does that with Riley. And and I think that it still does catch even Anna off guard 
when she does start to share and kind of revisit the tough times in her life, it helps her realize like, oh yeah, okay. It's just really hard when you're in this state. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like nothing feels simple. Nothing feels easy. I feel like Anna's empathy even grows by being vulnerable and, and making herself remember the, the tough times that she had when she was this age. I think she really recognizes something in Riley in this moment. I think she recognizes kind of the way that Riley shuts down. And I think she she just knows that there's something Riley's going through that's very similar to something she went through. And I think she really wants to kind of offer this safe place and say, like, I know nothing simple, but like this can be simple. Like you can just come live with me like you're having a hard time with Chester in this moment with his grandma and when he's talking about his mom I think it's also really important for Bo to see that Chester can be vulnerable because I think Chester is somebody who the whole school kind of looks up to in a way I think everybody's kind of like Chester's so confident yes and so amazing and he dresses so beautifully and he always looks good and he knows what to say he has this moment where he is kind of able to tell this really sweet heartwarming story about his mom. And it shows that he really misses her. It's just tricky for him to kind of get in touch with that because he does use humor as a coping mechanism. And we've seen him make all these jokes about his like dead mother, which is so sad. And I think now he's really kind of showing Bo like, no, this is who I am too. And I think that's really important for Bo to see in order to maintain that kind of like attraction that the two of them have. Because I think think Bo is capable of vulnerability possibly more than Chester is. And so I think that that was important for him to kind of recognize. Yeah, I think it was like the one of the final pieces that Bo needed from Chester. And I'm curious if there's going to kind of be like a role reversal and we're going to see Bo like, I don't know, getting some high heels or something. <laughs> that would be pretty fierce. Keep that True. in the notepad. Uh, writers. <laughs> Take notes. Yeah. I couldn't help but just feel warm and fuzzy the whole time watching this entire episode, just from from all aspects, of course. But as always, from you, Nava, I just, I cannot get enough of you on my screen. Me either. <laughs> oh, my guy. Really, Y'all. I just, you are so talented, so gorgeous, and just, I can feel your heart through the screen, Absolutely. and I can feel it now as I'm talking to you, so... Um, you're you're one of the good ones for sure. So y'all are y'all are so sweet. I'm like, oh my god, I'm blushing. Oh, we're, we love to gush. We love to gush here. <laughs> we love to gush here. Thank you so much for saying that. So excited to see what the rest of the season has in store. And I want to thank you so, so much, Zelda, once again. We love having you here, Zwal. Thank you. And also, Nava, thank you so much for being here. You are absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for having me. I It really means so much, honestly. And we'll be back with more BTS gems and exclusive generation analysis next week and every week till we run out of episodes. Yes, ma'am. Generation the Podcast is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by us, Gigi Good and Wembley Sewell. The podcast is produced and written by Phoebe Unter, written and researched by Sierra Kaiser, and engineered, edited, and mixed by Matt Stillo. It's executive produced by Ethan Fixell. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed Generation the Podcast, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, be sure to watch the series itself on HBO Max. Thanks for listening. See you next week.